Hello, and welcome to RPG PodQuest. It's a show that's not only about RPGs, but it also is an RPG. I am your host, coming at you. This is episode 21. My name's Evan, and with me I have Nick. Nick, how are you? I'm good, Evan. Inking closer to being on the majority of the episodes. So I know, I'll, it's very I'll exciting. I'll crack myself open a little beer when we hit the, uh, the 24 episode mark. I did say last week I should have called that podcast the the death of Nick and Jeremy, but uh, I'm recalling <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that statement because this week's episode will be called the death of Jeremy. Uh, yes, that's right. Unfortunately, Jeremy has decided to uh, just because he's got commitments uh, elsewhere and you know has other things that he has to do, he'll no longer be joining us, which. Is, of course, a shame. We love his perspective. Um, I am happy to have one less Zelda is an RPGer on I, this podcast. I was going to say, I'm going to be upset to have one less Zelda is an RPGer on the podcast. So we've, yeah. Uh, and we'll see in the week or weeks to come if uh, we have a new host who maybe agrees with you or agrees with me. But that's something to look forward towards. We have a whole lot of content to cover uh, this evening, and we're already a little bit behind in terms of getting this episode up and running. That's on me. Uh, So why don't we just jump right into it? So we had a big old Nintendo Direct, and this was, I think, the Nintendo Direct that was designed for us yeah, this, this is definitely the, the the most RPG-ish uh, Nintendo Direct, especially you know looking back at some older um, some older RPGs it was quite exciting. I know. So, is there anything in particular that that stuck out to you that jumped out that you're really excited about? Let's let's start with that, Nick. I mean, we may as well start with the non RPG stuff. For me, it's Mario Kart and the new tracks. Uh, yeah, I, it's, well. it's it's I, it's a, it's a game I still play. Um, you know once a month a couple of times a month with friends online just me and the wife jump on it and play a you know a tournament every now and again every time we travel you know if i travel i mean we haven't traveled for the last two years but we if we do travel we tend to take our switches in mario kart's always just been a an airplane game or anything like that so you know more tracks definitely keen for that and i'm kind of all right with the way they're staggering the tracks as well because i did find last time they when they did add the dlc and yeah it's a similar amount i just that many tracks getting thrown into it, I kind of just get lost. But you know, this is this is nice. I'm looking forward to this. I, we're not going to get a new Mario Kart on the Switch, so I, you know, this is the best we'll get. And I, I'm happy with that. It's it's a lot yeah, of tracks. And I think this was uh, sorry. Uh, I think this was tr- truly the nail in the coffin for Mario Kart Nine yeah. on the Switch. Um, but you know, I mean, this is a whole bunch of tracks, and I think that this is. At least from what I picked up from from the direct, right? This is only part one. Are these forty eight tracks? I, I yeah, I, I think I read it. There's the forty eight <laughs> tracks will be spread probably over what the next eight months, eight to eight to ten months. Yeah, but apparently there might be even more after uh, that uh, too. It was sort of like booster pack. Well, yeah, something yeah. like yeah. All right, I, hey, I'm not gonna say no. 
I mean, I, I could double check it, but I'm pretty sure that means that, like, the majority of Mario Kart tracks in existence will be yeah, I, a I DLC saw, for this. I saw this. a meme the other day. It was, um, you know, something like Miyamoto waking up one day once Sakurai's finished Smash Brothers and going, okay, I can do this. <laughs> well, so, you know, I have heard some discourse on Twitter, too, talking about how looking at the aesthetics of these new tracks they are very clearly mario kart tour ports so i don't know if you played any uh mario kart tour nick as the resident parent mobile game player i I did play a bit of mario kart tour when it came out and i've i've got it installed it's one of those ones of i'm intending to jump back into it and this might be it you know i just want to jump on it for an hour and just sort of see what are those what are they doing? I played it when it originally came out. And it was probably still in beta, so there was v- very little in there. Um, so I might jump in and just have a have another nosy, because um, you know I I do remember enjoying the tracks. But like you said, they they've obviously taken the visuals, whether it's just a a port with with an up res or something like that. But a lot of the textures are quite a bit lower. Yeah. So I mean, listen, I I I really do quite like Mario Kart 8. Uh, I I still haven't picked up the deluxe version for Switch yet. Uh, and that's that's really more because, well, I own the Wii U version, right? And I also sunk however much money into the DLC tracks for that. <laughs> yeah, which is so, so yeah, I've got the Wii U version. I think both of us own the Switch version. Wow, um, yeah. Because yeah, we just, uh, yeah, and both of us would have put, you know, 100 hours into the Wii U and probably only a hundred hours into the switch one because it's not something you sit there and play all week. You know, it's something you play a half an hour online here or there, or just, you know, you got friends around, you play it for 40 minutes, something like that. Yeah. And I will say I was also hesitant just because I didn't feel like the things that they had added in the deluxe version were all that important to me. You know, I, I can play Mario Kart 8 on my Wii U if I really want to, but this new edition, but you can only hold one item. On Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. That's, that's... Yeah, but that's how that's what it was originally designed for. <laughs> but it's so much better with two items. But yeah, I, I mean, you've got Disney Disney Superstar Cup Rush Bazaar, whatever it's called, coming. You can play that as you're yeah, free and to Chocobo play. Yeah, Chocobo GP too. And you know what? And both of those look pretty good. I'm, I will be like, you know, I, I dabbled in um, Crash Bandicoot Racing when it came again, and, and the Sonic ones. Not as good as Mario Kart 8. But they're still just fun to jump on and, you know, play for a couple of weeks. Sure. I think this these sorts of, like, party racers, that's the way that I like to describe them. You know, ones that really add the random element with uh, items and and such, they're they're fun. And they're a very different breed from something like, you know, Forza, for example. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's what they are. And they're just, yeah, they're fun. You put them in that bucket of it's fun. But yes, but RPGs, Evan, I think we've, what, what, normally have maybe one piece of news, probably averaging about 0.5 pieces of news um, that that we (laughs) passionately care about. Um, And here we've got a list already of about eight, nine items, and there's probably more there that we we can discuss as well. So what, yeah, what's, what's, was there anything non-RPG, I guess, that came up in the direct that sort of excited you? First? Um, I, I guess the SD Gundam game, but that's just I'm an unabashed uh, yep. Gundam fan. <laughs> uh, aside from that, I can't really think of anything. Was there anything non? Well, I mean, I guess there was Switch Sports, which 
I don't know. I, I, I kind of have like a soft spot for that. Yeah, what about you? No, 100%. You know, I've, I've got fond memories of, you know, even just, just taking the Wii down for Christmas to the grandparents and, and, you know, just playing a bit of Wii tennis with the grandparents that, you know, I'm sure most of us our age do and, and anyone sort of five to 10 years either side of us, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's an, a nice time. And I think same thing. I'll, I'll pick it up. It's just good fun. Yeah. Definitely. Other stuff. Uh, I'm not really much of a Strikers fan, so that didn't really. No, uh, and and with you know the, what they've done so far with the tennis and the golf doesn't give me a lot of inspiration for what's coming. I think it, it does look a lot better <laughs> yeah. and more stylized, but I think I'll sit this one out and just. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't really care about football that much anyway. So. Yeah, and this is uh, this is a next level games joint. I would assume. Uh, just because they, I think, worked on the original Strikers games. Mm. So I, I don't know if that's going to change things necessarily, but I, I, yeah, nothing about it. I mean, I was not a Strikers fan before this. Nothing about this presentation really, again, uh, struck my fancy. Uh, so I, I think it's time. We need to get into some RPGs. Let's do it. So I think the first thing that was truly exciting to me, Front Mission 1 and 2 kind of didn't really do it for me all that much. I mean, are you a Front Mission fan? No, I've never even heard of this franchise. So, um, you know, I watched it and it was funny. I'm like, hey, this looks all right. And my first thought was I'm going to, you know, jump onto something like the Giant Bomb website because, you know, they've got a lot of sort of old school RPG fans there. And I thought, let's see their right, reaction. Yeah. And just watching their faces light up when Front Mission came on, I'm like, okay, this is something that people care about. So I know they, they, they looked nice. And I mean, you know, after, oh fuck, I've forgotten the name of it. Um, Advanced Wars. <laughs> I was like, oh, is this what they should look like? <laughs> so. Right. So, you know, this was not only an RPG, uh, <laughs> nintendo direct this was a strategy mm. um you know yeah this, which is a, it's a, a shame jeremy couldn't be here because you know i think there was a lot here that it'd be really good to hear his take on but yeah right yeah we'll, so, we'll have to start learning our strategy rpgs a bit more <laughs> uh the the visuals for this a very different sort of vibe and and style from something like advance wars or we also you know again get another look at triangle strategy but um, yeah, I know that a lot of people love this series, and I know that a lot of people are happy about it. Again, as somebody who's not a huge strategy fan, this didn't really yeah I, I tickle it's, my it's, fancy. It's there, you know. But I think for me, there's really you know one strategy game this year, and it's going to be Mario and Rabbids, and that that's probably <laughs> may, maybe Triangle um, Strategy. But again, I'm not too fast on it. It's it's probably yeah. Mario and Rabbids will tick that box and. I've always got something like XCOM 2 sitting in my backlog that one day I do want to play. So, yeah. Right. And so, you know, on one hand, well, I mean, Square Enix is is there in full force uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, so you, you start kind of with Front Mission. Uh, I'm actually not entirely sure of the, the exact chronology here. But you start with Front Mission, mm. then you get Chrono Cross. Uh, which I know some people who think that this is, again, uh, I, I've said this on the podcast, is a great game. I know you <laughs> have some thoughts about it as yeah, well. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like I sort of said last time, you know, I was playing it and I was enjoying myself, but I kind of just paused. I figured with the rumors, 
even if it's just like this, just sort of a, a re, we'll call it a rehashing master with, you know, some quality of life features. I think that that's what I was looking for. Um, yeah, so, you know, yeah. I, I really, I kind of thought that this was going to be more of a trials of mana sort of thing where they would yes, really try to, nice. to, to sharpen things up and, and bring this into a modern era. But I think the original has enough merit on its own. Um, and has you know some pretty good aesthetics. It's it's definitely it's a good looking PS one title. Um, so it's nice to see it, and it's also nice to get that additional stuff. I always thought that Radical Dreamers was kind of a like a stopgap between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, but I mean, if they feel like it makes more sense to be bundled with this. Well, yeah, and I mean, how, how, how many Satellaview games have ever really been ported out and actually? Uh, anyway that so. is truly wild so, so for me i mean that's the exciting part it's yeah it's, it'll be quite interesting right uh and so you've got again we we take a look at a new demo for triangle strategy and that of course is a hd 2d 2d hd game so but so they they if, already had a demo didn't they and the, they of, did they yeah. did the whole feedback loop thing i think i'm i'm assuming this will be the final demo so i'll probably Rather than pick it up, I might jump into the demo when it comes out, but I don't want to burn myself out on the 2D HD visuals, um, yes. especially with what I'm assuming might be the next topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was this was a surprise to me, and it's a game that I've always wanted to play. For some reason, I've never really gotten around to it. This is definitely going to be my excuse. We have, and I didn't know it was pronounced this way, Live alive, yeah. Which... It's uh, yeah, absolutely. I I'd never heard of this one, and I want to give a major shout out to the 136 people that were members of the Live Alive subreddit before this. <laughs> um, I, the first thing I did was jump on Reddit. I saw 130 people, and I'm talking like 12 posts in the last 12 months, Evan. So oh, wow, they uh, that community. They they've got something to look forward to now. Oh, for sure. I mean, and I'm hoping, you know, we get an influx of more people who end up loving this game. You know, such a weird and wild concept to have these. I mean, they're not branching narratives. You know, that's a sneak preview at my quest later. But they are little sort of mini episodes that kind of all use the same combat system, but each playable character has their own gimmicks. And yeah, it, and, and it's fascinating because, you know, you, you seem to have quite a few SNES RPGs of that time that were really sort of doing that, you know, hey, let's try having multiple party, you know, multiple branching stories or, you know, sorry, multiple storylines like Octopath Traveler tried to do when it came back. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of nice. And I, for me, the exciting thing was seeing this 2D HD engine in an environment that is not, you know, 1600s England. Um, if that makes sense, you know, what we've seen out of that engine a lot so far, even Triangle Strat, Octopath Traveler, what we've seen so far from Dragon Quest has been fairly samey with regards to aesthetics. Yeah, but that's a great here, point. Seeing the 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 Western, the the sci-fi, like I actually went, holy shit, okay, this this engine has a lot more in it. I, I don't know how many more games I could have lasted on the engine, but if they start utilizing it for some of these more colorful environments or different aesthetics, I think I'm all about it. And it, it really looked nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's a great point to make. I mean, this is this is just a cool RPG, and it's got a lot of mythos and history around it. So to see them bringing this over, to see them giving it a chance to get a, a larger fan base, I, I, I'm, I, can't, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but you know, going into the Switch's lifespan, I was never, as I've said before, I was never a big Square Enix fan, but with like the Trials of Mana remake, with this game coming out, yep. they are really they're, selling they're, they're, themselves. They're tugging on that fan service, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking here. There's going to be a physical version of it too. I'm I'm excited. I yeah, I think this has very quickly rocketed up the list of you know some of my most anticipated titles for the year. Um, yeah, so it's for very sure. Um, so we we did also have on this. Uh, on our show notes, a, I believe, Japanese Nintendo Direct exclusive yes. was revealed. Uh, so we have Loop 8, which I, I, I read a little bit about, and the concept seems fascinating. Nick, is there anything about this that stuck out to you? I, I, or? I think it was that concept. You know, it seems very dialogue choice heavy with regards to the outcomes of the rpg which i think is something that probably more western rpgs dabble in yeah um so i'm kind of curious to see a take and i mean i don't know why it's described as i've read read an article for a juvenile rpg um i'm assuming that just means younger school students things like that but yeah it's 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 a fairly jrpg looking rpg but it seems like the world building (laughs) around it um, is sort of what's going to be the difference, you know, with regards to dialogue choices and and the interaction of people in the town and them going about their own things um, sort of externally to yourself. So I think, no, it's a nifty little one. I, I think that juvenile uh, being a descriptor here is more about the characters because yeah. there's definitely a, a school kid, you know, sort of aspect to this. I mean, looking at videos of this, I was actually rather uh, taken aback because it sets itself up in a very particular way. It, it looks quite does... nice. Oh, yeah I, yeah, I agree. It does look nice. Um, but it, it looks very like slice of life uh, Japan yep. uh, oriented. I mean, y- you get those you get those Japanese cicadas. Yes. <laughs> those classic. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that classic, you know, sound bite. So and then it kind of goes in a, in a very different direction with some, you know, uh, weird weapon designs and other crazy stuff happening. So, I mean, if we were to get this over in the States, which Marvelous having their name attached to it, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody like Nisa uh, brought this over. But it it looks interesting enough. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I mean... Titles like this, what I tend to find is you 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 do often have a uh, an English release in like you know Hong Kong, Singapore. So even if it's not yeah. available digitally, it's, there's often a, a, an avenue there. So I think I've got quite a few, and I think this yeah this is definitely one that's that's on the radar. It it, it looks interesting. It's you know it's that similar age bracket to a lot of those uh, Evan RPGs with regards to, you know, sort of your, your Caligula effect, that kind of stuff, but a, a more slice of life, like you were saying, but then also there seems to be quite a lot going on there. Yeah. 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 No, an interesting little one. Um, It's always, always, always nice to check the Japanese uh, Nintendo Direct and just see if there's anything they've snuck in there that they don't want to tell us about, which is, you know, surprise that Gundam game 
wasn't one of those, to be honest. Right, yeah. I'm surprised that that got even featured. And I would also say with a lot of this stuff that you're like maybe on the fence as to whether it's going to get localized or not, a lot of the Japanese copies tend to have the English uh, subtitles as well or the English dialogue option. Um, And that's usually a pretty strong indicator that they're coming uh, to the West or at least English-speaking territories. So there's another game worth talking about, and it has the word three in it. So let's talk a little bit about Fire Emblem Three Hopes, baby! Yeah! (laughs) How long did you spend thinking up that one this week, Evan? (laughs) <laughs> uh well it's actually it's actually one of the games that we don't have listed on the show notes yeah you know that's... what because i think that was just me going no fuck it i'm i'm done i'm, I'm not playing another warriors game um yeah i mean you know you gotta you have to love whatever property these warriors games are attached to and even then you know if you've played one of them you know what to expect with the next Yeah, one. and I think it's different as well. You know, the first one, Fire Emblem Warriors, even the Zelda Warriors, they were fan service ones, whereas these the next two yes. have sort of been story-based. And Breath of the Wild, um, I, can't, you know, I can't remember what the hell the name was, but I certainly jumped into that one because, hey, I really loved Breath of the Wild. Three right. Houses I loved, but I think at this point I'd probably just go back and play Three Houses again. It's been long enough. Yeah, and I will say it makes perfect sense that this game exists because I believe uh, Tecmo Koei, well, I should say, I believe that Three Houses runs on the Fire Emblem Warriors engine, believe it or not. So huh. it was probably an easy transfer <laughs> over to that. But uh, I, I mean, I don't really see this appealing to me much. Obviously, fans of that game might find something uh, worthwhile in this, but the other thing that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way about Age of Calamity, uh, which I would assume is probably going to be the the case with Three Hopes here too, mm. is that they're non-canon. And I mean, with Age of Calamity, I was really hoping that they would like be ballsy enough to kind of tell the the fall of Hyrule story, and that's not the direction that they went with. I'm yeah. assuming that this is probably well, going to be the case. I, they with this they too. might have more of a place to play here because you know it's not necessarily the. Fi- I mean, I don't know Fire Emblem that well, but I'm assuming there's not some kind of bloody religious zealot love for the timeline and and all that kind of stuff. So they might have more room to play of just hey, this trails on from that, but you know the next Fire Emblem is a completely different um, world Maybe. and yeah. Maybe who knows? But uh, no, let's get to the real. third installment that we came here to talk about so my question is at what point during the direct did you realize what was going on like so when that trailer started you know old mates playing his flute when did you realize xenoblade 3 was uh honestly the second the voiceover started (laughs) you know is it because they're british yeah, I mean, and that that's like one of the weird, delightful quirks about this series that just never stops making me laugh is how they've just had to double down because of that whole dumb localization thing that happened back on the Wii. But yeah, I think that was probably the selling point. 
I don't know. I, I guess kind of looking at the character model too might have been an indicator. Yeah. But it, yeah, it was definitely that that dialogue. And I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about Xenoblade. You I, and I I think I've I, like I've previously spoken briefly just more around the 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 use of the British um, voice acting. Right. Um, yes. Which, which was did. actually interesting because you know after. You know, a director's on, of course. I, I sit the wife down. I say, listen, we're, I've got to show you the, the fun trailers. And she rolls her eyes and says, okay. Um, but, you know, there was, a, there was a fair bit there from Mario Party, Kirby. Um, but also showed her the Xenoblade 3 trailer because she does not play RPGs or, you know, give right. a rat's, rat's ass about Japanese mm-hmm. <laughs> games in general. But she thoroughly enjoyed watching me play Xenoblade 1 and 2. Um, right. So, you yeah, know, that was, you... yeah, so that's, you know, get to commandeer the, the big TV for... <laughs> for a couple of weeks and um enjoy it. yeah i mean i so i have attempted to finish number one about three times yeah one, twice on the wii once on the on the switch i always get up to the same part when you're sort of infiltrating it's once it starts to get very mech heavy and i can't remember you're in like sort of this brownie um zone where you've got to get your way through i don't know it's the same point i always just seem to stop because i think it just becomes very battle heavy for about an hour yeah. um but I, I still you know enjoy it i've i've gone on i played xenoblade 2 thoroughly in, enjoyed myself there and I, I didn't really jump into golden tourna um but you know i've spoken before i don't really jump back into dlc too much especially on story driven game but no really enjoyed it um enjoy the action enjoy the story enjoy the world i especially enjoy just just wandering around I, it's it's absolutely beautiful and uh, you know i'm glad what they showed here it, it's probably a bit more samey than you know i think there was a bit more of a difference between xenoblade 1 and 2 that sort of stood out to me and gone oh wow they've they've carried this forward uh, this looked a bit samey to xenoblade 2 but then i also am aware it's you know it's only two two and a half whatever years later same console yeah um, but hopefully, you know, you've got a lot more subdued in the in the art style design, especially regarding the characters and things like that. <laughs> sure, yeah. So that's been a, a big point of discourse because we have the same uh, character artist who did a lot of the main characters in two. Uh, your Rex, your uh, Nia, Pyramithra, all of those main characters is back. Um, but these designs seem a lot more toned down i mean some people have said that they seem to fall in line a little bit more with the xenoblade one character designs i'm not really sure if i agree uh but it does seem a little bit more mature if that makes sense these characters look a a little bit less uh childishly proportioned and to be fair you know you a couple of the characters in xenoblade 2 were like young people right but i mean yes you've also got less uh fan service i I guess is the is the term some people might use here which i don't know um i listen i i don't really want to get into a discussion of you know Uh, yeah i mean for me i think this this is a game yeah i sometimes i don't agree with the character designs heck you know you look at xenoblade chronicles x elma still looked like she got hit by a an ugly stick on the way down but you know it, for me that's they, they've never gotten the faces they've never gotten that right in these games um 
I think, you know, Xenoblade 2 was a hell of a lot better than they've done before. But for me, it is about sure. what's going on elsewhere. You know, it's that world. It's just the sense of scale. Um, and, and yeah, it's already, it's looking really nice. And it, interesting, I, think it was, I was reading something the other day after this and just a lot more of the, the outfit designs. I'm just trying to look. They, they definitely look a lot more earthy, if that makes sense. Like, you know, jackets, hoodies. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is interesting that. given it's, you know, the same, I'm assuming, you know, same world, same timeline. So interesting to see where, where and how. Did we get a sense of scale with regards to time frame? Like, see, that's after? the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, really spelled out here. We've got a mishmash of stuff going on in the trailer. Mm. You know, uh, I, I will say, as someone who has kind of faithfully followed Monolith's you know, products ever since Xenoblade. Uh, I, I kind of wasn't more of a, a Saga or Gears person, which I, I would really hope someday we could get on the Switch. Uh, yeah, but... well, it would be a nice, I'm just thinking for a quest one day, it might be good to jump back in because, yeah, I've definitely, other than seeing, you know, Cosmos's skins in Xenoblade, that's about all I've ever experienced. Right, yeah. But I, I, I will say one and two... I, I loved one when it first came out, but it's actually not my favorite game on, or it's not my favorite RPG on the Wii. That title does go to the last story. And two, again, you're talking to somebody who rather shamefully played 400 hours of that game. I have very mixed feelings on it. And it's a, it's a very love-hate relationship that I have with that because I don't like a lot of the storytelling, but I do love a lot of the mechanics of that game. I think the battle system is great, and then Torna goes and does it even better. So if they're kind of following that momentum in terms of you know, Im- improving the battle system and making something really special with this. I think that this will be the best playing Xenoblade game. But, uh, you know, in the trailer, again, we do get a couple of glimpses at old landmarks from previous games, which is an exciting thing to see. At the same time, it does make me wonder how much of these environments are being sort of reused from these previous yeah, games. Yeah, and I'm kind of hoping that's a... You know, just a, a an early game esque. You know, hey, we need to show something here in a trailer, but we don't want to give too much away. Right. Um, yeah. Type scenario. I, I I'd agree, but also we did see a lot of new stuff too. I mean, one of the things that really stuck out to me was you've got boat travel, and if you've got boat travel, that means there's a possibility for other forms of travel. I, I love which a good would boat. Be- <laughs> for sure me too um but that would be really exciting yeah uh, if if we got more and maybe that gives us a hint of like how big this world is gonna be you know xenoblade 2 was very segmented and for a game that in many respects does feel like a pretty rushed product that doesn't surprise me i have always hoped <laughs> to get another open world like uh, Xenoblade X had. But I, I, again, with just how powerful this hardware is and what they'd be pushing yeah. with that, I, I wouldn't get my hopes up yeah, for that. Yeah, I, I think at this point, we've seen what they can do out of the Switch. I'd, if they were to hold off uh, for the next iteration, I'd, I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah, but I mean, I'm excited. Uh, and e- even as someone who really 
my opinion of Monolith's kind of world design and storytelling did cool a whole lot after uh, two seeing this big sort of culmination of characters and such with this trailer was very, very exciting. And it got me feeling uh, butterflies in my stomach, to be honest. Yeah, and I I was really thinking December. So September was quite surprising to me, given I think, you know, was it Xenoblade 2 was December? This, this surprises me too, that it's going to be September. The only reason I can think it's not later than that is that our holiday game is Zelda. And yeah, there's not much else that they would clear a path for because they've done it before. They'll put this, you know, a month after something else and be like, you know what, that's a December game. The people that are going to buy it are going to buy it. Oh, exactly. If if they believe that the people that are going to buy it are going to be busy with something else, then it makes perfect sense. Yes, yes. That is, that's exactly what I'm thinking too, is you get this out at a time when Zelda doesn't exist and I mean, you know, Zelda, well, you know, Breath of the Wild released with the Switch back in March 2017, and then Xenoblade 2 followed in December. I think that they can kind of leverage these two big games, you know, Xenoblade and, and Zelda in in that sort of yep. fall, winter uh, season. I, yeah. I, I do think and it's possible. You, you've got, you know, if you've got Nintendo switch sports coming out you know there's there's a lot there for a wider audience um right yeah yeah. and i i don't know i've just heard some people say like oh well if xenoblade's coming out in september there's no way we're getting zelda this year xenoblade is is such a a small piece of the pie it's it's let's stick it where we can fit it it's not any consideration i wouldn't you know given it's given it keeps getting the december slot it's not a game that gets that level of consideration yeah and it's uh two was the best selling (laughs) i i think xenoblade game or or at least it it really kind of broadened the 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 player base but that's and even then it's the you know water. yeah it, even something like you know it's pales in comparison to luigi's mansion you know or, or what <laughs> kirby will do you know that's that's where we are so it's yeah. i mean breath of the wild has sold 25 million copies so xenoblade as much as i love these games is not making those numbers and that's fine <laughs> um I, I i mean i guess the only thing that would give me pause is that if monolith is working on something this ambitious do they have time and resources to dedicate to Breath of the Wild? But I also know that they've done a whole lot of expanding in the past couple of years, too. You know, there's been a lot of news of them putting out, uh, you know, job postings. And I yeah. believe they've they've opened a new, uh, some new studio somewhere in Japan. Yeah, so. they, they always seem to have their, like, core game development and then their side offshoot, you know, support office branches that are constantly working on things which is fascinating and i mean i gotta give them credit they i think they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for nintendo uh with a lot of this this hd stuff and that's that's cool um i'm I'm just glad to see this game i'm glad to see this game exists what i will say though is i think this should be the end of xenoblade yeah, I yeah. think I, I and it's a funny one. Yeah. Do they? Well, yeah, let's say the end of Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, you know, sure. yeah. And yeah, like, you know, Xenoblade 
Chronicles X, okay? I've just said it. But, you know, utilize the world, if it were, or, you know, the, 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 the law, the history, the universe, but not necessarily so closely tied together as a story. I wouldn't mind more of a Final Fantasy Dragon Quest-esque, you know, shake-up. Yeah. Type type scenario, you, know, you can still use the same race or the same sort of scale, um, you know. You, but then it gives you a chance to introduce new races or introduce new story beats or, or mechanics quite easily, and not upset anyone because now it is, you know, a, an overarching thing rather than a a continuation. Sure, and I, I think they've given value to the name Xenoblade for sure. Yeah, but I I also think that. Zeno or Zeno or or whatever you want to call it is a, a sort of overarching theme for Monolith's work, and I think that they could just as easily do a Zeno. True. I don't know. Well, they, yeah, they Zeno, could rather than yeah, Zeno right, desk. Use Zeno desk. Yeah, we're all working from home. Let's have a three D office <laughs> simulator. Um, no, but uh, you know, I, I also I just feel that these three games kind of existing as a trilogy and telling their own sort of united story that's fine but let's i let, let we can go back to mira i'm all for xenoblade chronicles x2 yeah but uh but that is a, a very separate kind of storytelling and and vibe in its own way too and i i don't think we're going to see that crossover into this three um in any way so uh, that uh, I would just leave it at that. Um, we've talked a whole lot about the Nintendo Direct. We've got just a couple of other things to talk about too before we get into our quests. Uh, was there anything else about the Direct or just any other news that you wanted to to make note of, Nick? No, I think that's it for the Direct. I think there were just a few other little RPG things sprung up. Um, one I didn't have on the show notes. It was a new trailer for um, Horizon Zero Dawn on the PS5. PS4. I don't know if you ever got a chance to play Horizon. Um, I did not. Evan, I mean, no, again, you're, you're beautiful game. Yes. And I, I'll, I'll be jumping on that one. It was kind of, it came at an unfortunate time. The first one for me, because it, I played it right after breath of the wild. And yeah. it, it's a very open world exploration, but it's, it's more cinematic and limited in ways. Not, not in a bad way, but you know, I was after weeks and weeks of climbing every mountain I see, um, growing a little frustrated, but it's, it's this, yeah, I think I'll definitely jump on this. Other than that, you know, I saw the Disgaea 6 Complete um, collection coming to PC, PS4, and PS5 later this year. Oh, sorry, I think in July. Um, and I was actually, well, I was actually looking on the eShop the other day, because when we spoke the other week, Jeremy was like, you know, they've automated a lot of the battle mechanics, so you can sort of just set it up to grind. Uh, so I was actually thinking of jumping in on it, and then I saw it came across this, and I'm like, well, I might just kind of sit there and wait now because i wouldn't mind getting that on the pc so it should be interesting and other than that a couple of mobile phone games little one there eden zero which was by the uh creator of fairy tale the anime um it's just sort of a, a personal enjoyment there i do enjoy fairy tale and eden zero the anime so there's a little top-down rpg there that'll be interesting but the big one i think is octopath traveler champions of the continent um coming west which was their sort of mobile phone spin-off of octopath traveler which I yeah. think will be interesting to jump on and just see what they've done there. Because you know, Octopath Traveler is not a complex game. It is certainly something that can can work in a in a mobile environment. So it'll be interesting to see that. 
Yeah, I, I don't know much about the systems for that travelers of the continent, champions of the continent, mm. uh, continent, whatever you, you want to call it. Um, you know, if it uses the same sort of visuals, I can see it working rather well. But I also, I never really felt that the lore behind that world was all that compelling. So I don't think that they can really hook me in terms of story. Well, I mean, they can't hook me in general because I'm not really an Octopath Traveler fan. But Yeah, I, 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 it's an interesting point, though, and that's probably why I did drop off Octopath when I was playing it. There was a lot of good stuff, but there wasn't something really tying it all at the end of the day that made me go, shit, okay, this is why this is all happening. Yeah, I mean, I can play some games just for their gameplay. I mean, a part of Xenoblade 2 was just for gameplay, but... Uh, this this game was very grindy and yep. needed needed something yep. more. So I mean, for Octopath Traveler fans, that's very cool. Uh, I I wonder if Square is going to try to kind of expand out these weird number games, you know, Octopath yeah. and and Triangle Strategy. If they're going to try to turn these into series, but we haven't heard really anything about Octopath Traveler since well since this team yeah i'm, I'm doing triangle strategy. wondering if they'll ever I, I i'm i'm okay if they're doing that but it would be nice to yeah get get something overarching maybe i think it was a bit especially with eight different stories going on maybe with the three um you know a nice be, proof yeah nice proof of concept i think but it needed some refinement yeah but yeah that's i mean i think that's more news than we've had in six months which is um exciting but you know that's what it is it's the start of the year um quite a few things there i'm yeah really keen for and i think everything in that nintendo direct was 2022 yeah yeah, yeah i think you there are was right about that nothing that yeah that would even and even late 2022 there wasn't a lot xenoblade i think most things were up to like june july which is yeah. which is quite exciting especially some of these little uh, you know like live alive and that just kind of dropping in the next, you know, four months is is quite nice. Very exciting uh, indeed. You know, summer is usually a little bit quieter. We might see some more niche sort of RPG releases, I would think, over the summer. I don't know. Um, I'm, just, I'm just in the middle of my summer, Evan. So. Uh, oh, sorry. Which, personal gripe, <laughs> Nintendo of America is really bad at that. Everything they release when because they're doing it on a global scale, but they always publish and say, "Oh, this is coming in summer." Right. So then I've yeah, got this... to, you know, or coming in the holidays. I don't know when the hell your holidays are, so it's all a bit like like because for us holidays are summer, not holidays yeah. are Christmas. So it's like I don't know what that means. So yes. yeah, people should just be saying Q one, Q two, Q three, or Q four. <laughs> Keep it generic. You got me. Thank you. You got me. Thank you. Uh, so I should say, yes, the, I, well, yeah, quarter two, uh, sort of area is, is where I would assume we might get some more niche, uh, RPG releases. Yeah. I mean, I, I just looked at, uh, everything releasing on switch this year, uh, graphic and I was, uh, you know, what? I saw that graphic you tweeted. I've, I've actually gone and I sat there and I started circling all the games I want to buy a couple of the maybes and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this, is, this is just the first half of the year and, and then a bunch of, yeah, I'm like, all right, I need to not, not buy as many games. I need to just really buy the ones I want to get into. 
and I'm uh, I'm pretty impressed. This is a this is looking like a pretty bang up year for for Nintendo. But I will say the one thing that was kind of a bummer not to see was Mario and Rabbids. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that game, but maybe Ubisoft just kind of wants to. I don't they, know. Use they the they tend to sort of bring, yeah, they tend to bring that into their presentations, and and it, it does give them a little vibe of something different. So I'm, I'm hopeful that's sort of what they're they're angling for. Yeah, but I'm really excited about that game, so uh, I'd love to see more of it. So let's. I, I mean, I think it's been kind of a, a a lazy week for both of us in terms of games. So why don't we just get through that stuff really quick before we jump into our quests? Um, Nick, do you want to start or? Yeah. Um. I yeah. Like I said, lazy week. I, you know, I've mentioned a couple of times. I'm just sort of organizing a lot of my consoles at home so i kind of just had my gamecube set up and and started just dabbling in a few little things nothing really rpg related i was playing an odd little series called the kokoto games which was a pow only release it's a it's an odd game released out of a french developer and they basically it's a series of this little character they invented called kokoto and they put out a bloody like Mario Party mini game. They put out a kart racer, which was surprisingly good. They put out a platformer. They were just kind of putting out different genres using their little dude they invented. Um, and I just thought, you know, I, I, we've got a lot of listeners here not from Power Regions. I just thought it was an interesting one. Other than that, I sort of started just dabbling into Bait and Katos. I've never played that um, before. Oh, really? So I've now that I've got everything hooked up, I, it's on my to do list, and I just. Um, you know, just jumped into it just to see what, what's this all about. Like I had very limited exposure, even down to sort of the, the card mechanics and things there. But I think, you know, I, I, in the background, there's been some games we've discussed here that I kind of want to jump back into that. And, you know, I've spoken before about, oh, I forgot the name of it. Uh, the From Software game on the GameCube with the card based mechanic. I forget the name, lost something, something. But that's that's sort of just, yeah, things I'm looking in the background. But other than that, I, you know, Evan and I, we were, we were talking before this show, I've sort of moved my computer into a different room as well. So I've got it all set up quite nicely now and jumping back onto some, some Game Pass stuff um, and just on the PC and just having a nosy around. And I, I Windbound was the free game on Epic this week, which is sort of a, a <laughs> Minecraft-esque Valheim game. I don't know if you've played it before. Um, I have yeah, very, I very relaxing, review. very, very yeah. relaxing. Absolutely wonderful music. I'm loving the art style. Um, I, I don't really like these sort of world buildy games. I think Dragon Quest Builders is the only one I've gotten obsessed with other than yeah. early Minecraft. Um, so not for me, but I certainly just wanted to call it out because I, I, I'd not heard of it and it's really nice. Very relaxing, yeah. and yeah, yeah. If you've played it, yeah, tell us what, what were your thoughts. So I reviewed the game back when it first released, and I will say that they had a pretty extensive rollout of additional content that yep. was free um, after the fact, and I think it really did flesh out the game in in a lot of ways. Some of the additions, though, like I believe the parry mechanic, and maybe a couple of other sort of uh, abilities that you could access were kind of haphazardly thrown in there as in like you just kind of found the equipment uh laying yeah, around okay. islands and such I, I did struggle a bit with the combat and that's probably my main turn off at the moment 
Yeah, I I think they were kind of going for well, kind of. There's some definite Breath of the Wild vibes uh, here, although yeah. it's a little bit more nautical well, in nature. Yeah, I was gonna say Breath of the Wild with a skidge of wind, a smidge of Wind Waker in there, and that's kind of the bit that was getting me to. But the sailing is so slow. <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> the sailing is weird, and there are times when the game feels a little bit. It feels a, a little bit cheap with your with your sailing, or it, it, it feels a little bit rough or punishing on you. Not because the water mechanics or the sailing mechanics are are polished, actually, but because they're a little bit sloppy. And I think they can kind of get away with that uh, as a sort of indie jank yeah, sort definitely. of thing. <laughs> but um, the the stuff that you can make down the line is is a lot of fun. I just think it's a shame. Well, I I shouldn't say that. Uh, The game now does have a free build mode where you can just kind of build a boat uh, in in whatever capacity that you want, uh, which is is pretty cool. Well, And that's the mode. So I think I was playing because, yeah, I was presented with the three modes when I loaded up. And one of them was like, if you die, you just keep your progression and just maybe start back at this island or something. And I'm like, well, cool. It, it looks fairly, you know, I have watched a few YouTube videos. It looks, uh, I'm enjoying more the relaxing aspect. I might as well go that mode. Well, I think there's another mode. Oh, <laughs> an even, even more relaxing mode. mode. Uh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, which is truly just like kind of build your boat however way you want and, and see what you can what you can do. Yeah. And I will say that the construction options are a little bit limited, but... It is, it's more about building a vessel that will be good for survival and travel rather than building something that's like super grand. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I liked it. I have come back to it and just to see like what some of the improvements were because they're, they added some enemy types. They added some new puzzles like later in the game, but all of that stuff again is later in the game. (laughs) And so uh, getting to that point can be a little bit of a challenge, but I liked windbound. And uh, again, I do think for a a specific subset of people, it does work uh, pretty well. Yeah. Uh, And I wanted to talk about, well, yeah, I no, I was just gonna say, I might even jump into that just creative mode and just, you know, have it sitting on my spare monitor and just sail around a bit because I just found it quite relaxing. Um, but yeah. other than that, I, you know, we spoke a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know, Edge of Eternity was coming out. That's right. Um, unfortunately, my Xbox controller has broken. So my, oh. my thumbsticks actually snapped. So I'm waiting for some replacements. But Oof. I did jump on on the PC and I, I played keyboard and mouse, which I've never played a JRPG with keyboard and mouse. So that was, uh, uh, that was a lesson in its own. Sure, um, but I, to be fair, yeah. this isn't really a JRPG. Well, well, no, and I, you know what? I was kind of like, hang on, keyboard and mouse for a turn-based RPG makes a lot of sense because I was just clicking on my action, clicking on the enemy, and I'm like, this is quite nifty. Um, uh, but yeah. I, pff, not for me. Uh, this yeah. is, I, I'm not, I don't think I'll be going back. I, the art style has, uh, let's just say, have you ever watched Initial D before? The anime? Yes, yes, I yes. Have. You know how awful their faces look in comparison to the cars? Yes. That's the vibe I'm getting here. And it's, you know, I, I feel bad because I, I, everything else I can see, they've put a lot of effort into it. Um, but I think I look at these characters and I feel sorry for them 
Um, and that's that's just turning me off. I so I I didn't get anywhere, but I just thought I'd, I'd put it out on the table because I know it's something we've spoken about a few times before, um, about being on the horizon. So I just thought, it's, did you get a chance to? I mean, if 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 I'm gonna play this in any capacity, it's mm. gonna be on a system where I own whatever it is uh, that I'm buying. I'm not getting one of these cloud versions, and I'm honestly a bit surprised again that this is a cloud game. I mean, did you, from what you saw of the visuals and whatnot on PC, did you think that this is something that needs cloud? Um, uh, no, it wasn't gaming? cloud. It was just Game Pass standard, so it was just installed, twenty gig. Um, right. Yeah. I. I do know that the the Switch version is cloud, though. Yeah, the, and it, it's not a pretty looking game in the first place. So yeah. I think you could, if your internet's fine, you can get away with it. But I definitely, you know, I, it's not something. I'm not sure what the price is. I wouldn't be paying full price for this. <laughs> yeah. it, it's you know, it's one of those. It's a smaller development studio who are uh, attempting something grand, and I completely respect that. Um, maybe the scale was too big. I, I don't know, but worth worth having a look at if you've got Game Pass. I wouldn't go out of my way to purchase it, though. Mm. You know, and I, I only played an hour or so. I just I didn't see anything that went to me. Oh, hang on, I see what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I don't really have much interest, but to not hear something very favorable from yeah. you does I, speak I think volumes. We, we we need to get you an Xbox or a decent PC at some point, Evan. I think the the, the world of Game Pass is 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 needed by you. It's very um, appealing. Trust me. Yeah, because I I you know I often stumble across the reviews you've written, and I'm like, oh, all right, I'll go look at this on Game Pass. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean. Hey, if somebody's willing to get me an Xbox, by all means, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll jump right into Game Pass. But uh, it's it's a bit of a, a it's a s- steep purchase right now, and I've got other things to worry about. Yeah, that's and that's uh, that's sort of why I ended up just getting a Series S. I'm like, I'm not right. I'm not investing in an X. I I I don't care that much. I just want access to the games as opposed to access to how good they look. Um, yeah, and again, Game Pass is a very appealing sort of service, but I feel like I would probably really just be getting the console for Game Pass because a lot of Microsoft's uh, usual IP is not something that appeals to well, me. Well, that's the thing. That's, you, you, that's you don't even have... with... Yeah. <laughs> but that's even with the Blizzard Activision acquisition. It's yeah. not really my thing. Yeah, and, and that's fair enough. Whereas I guess for myself, you know, I... Not a huge Microsoft gamer, but there's a few things bubbling out, especially after the Bethesda purchase. Right. Um, bubbling under there. And now, you know, I will be playing anything coming out of Blizzard still. So, yeah. most definitely. Well, I just really quickly want to make note of uh, a game that I've been playing this week. Uh, I will say. Obviously, again, I teased it last week. There is something that I have been playing, and I can't wait to talk about it in full, but I can't give anything away just yet. I am under embargo, uh, but it is a game that's coming out soon, and it is a game that is right up my alley. But I have been instead playing another game that's right up my alley, which is Castle Morihisa. So, Nick, are you aware of this game? Did you hear anything about it? No, I was going to say, I might need you to spell that one out for me. <laughs> we'll have a quick <laughs> very, look. Very phonetic in nature. Uh, 
M-O-R-I, Mori, and Hisa is H-I-S-A. So this is, for lack of, well, well, I should say instead, in the interest of time, this is a Slay the Spire-like. So Castle Morihisa is a sort of feudal Japan-themed roguelike deck builder uh, with combat that is strikingly similar to Slay the Spire. A lot of the mechanic and aesthetic elements of Slay the Spire mm. are being replicated in this game. Wow, yeah, e- even just looking at some of the, the backdrops in some of the levels, I, I get that very similar vibe yeah and you know on one hand that is concerning because well i mean i guess it's not concerning right slay the spire is great and you give me slay the spire in any way i'm going to enjoy myself castle morihisa does do some fascinating stuff though uh, one of the first characters that i played as has a like true level up system where they can kind of build things out in a, a couple of different directions based on experience that you get from killing enemies. So that's pretty cool. But that so far seems to be the most unique thing that this game is doing. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's if you like Slay the Spire, but you don't want to play Slay the Spire, play this instead. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, I like if I find a game I enjoy and sometimes you just want to, uh, you know, like, oh, it'd be nice to see if they interpreted this slightly different. It's always, there's always a market for that. So that's, that's cool. Yeah, the only thing, again, uh, and it's something that I see with a, a bunch of these style games, you know, I, I did play Monster Train not too long before yes, this, yeah. and uh, I like Monster Train too. Um, but with Castle Morihisa, it was really kind of a bummer. It seemed like a lot of the starting cards that they gave you for for drafting were really not very powerful, and they kind of want you to learn the mechanics as you as you you know fail certain runs and gain more you know meta experience, which I think is kind of a shame, especially with a deck builder. You kind of want to know what uh, a certain character archetype is capable of before you get into things, and uh, this this sort of slow unlock system. I feel like that that just it feels a little cheap and I would caution some <laughs> I would caution any deck building roguelike developers out there to kind of avoid that uh, that train of thought because again the the people who are really loving these games are people who are familiar with card drafting and the sort of choice that goes into uh, things so just give them a full set of cards honestly <laughs> with that out of the way I think we can get into our quests i did just finish with castle morihisa but nick do you want a break or you want me to jump right into uh into what i'm talking about no i can i can can attempt to tackle the challenge um that is a roguelike slash light rpg that you love so you did give us a preview last week yeah and i i so i i spent a good hour working out what the hell is the difference between a roguelike and a roguelite uh, ah, well, follow, this is... well I, I can explain it to you now if you really need to, Evan. Uh, <laughs> a, well, the, I, yeah, go on. Sorry. What I will say is uh, back when I was first starting to review roguelikes and roguelites on Switch RPG, I actually did encounter uh, this issue of, of 
naming or uh, nomenclature. And uh, it made me think a little bit more about the difference between these two. But uh, in your words, Nick, what is the difference? Uh, to, to me, the interpretation I've come up with is that a roguelike is a game like Rogue, the original you know, <laughs> proprietor of this, in which you are effectively dying and going back and starting again. A roguelite is similar in that though you die, you're able to maintain and keep progression. So it's yeah. light because it's not as strict and not as, not as you know, difficult towards you in that regard. Although interestingly, looking into it, a lot of what was classified as rogue likes were things that, in my mind, have overarching progression. But the dungeon component of the game is treated as the rogue like element of the game. If we take mm-hmm. like the mystery dungeon, yeah, um, which, which I I would never have thought that, um, but. It, <laughs> You know, and I've I've played a couple of the Mystery Dungeon games. I played that, uh, the Pokemon one that came out recently. I've played a couple of just odd random ones here or there over the years. And yeah, I would have never sort of thought to classify them like that. To me, yeah. they're just a weird dungeon crawler. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would see them as a dungeon crawler too. I mean, Mystery Dungeon itself is kind of a, is a label that, that is applied to a lot of those kinds of games. And even then... I would really call any of those like well, I Pokemon Mystery Dungeon in particular, uh, which does have, you know, when you I think when you faint, you do lose some items. Yeah, but specifically classified as a rogue like in the Wikipedia article, and we all know Evan Wikipedia uh, is the source of all of truth. Of course, of course, yeah. Um, but it, it was it was almost it was a fascinating table stumbling across this because it it's just got quite a lot of a list of sort of these roguelikes going back into even the 70s and 80s oh yeah which was nice and you know developer as opposed to being chunsoft is rusty rutherford or don worth you know (laughs) (laughs) the the developers back in the in the old days so um it's just yeah interesting there and um just some things there that i might have a nosy into at some point but you know i went through this list of uh, 100 200 games noting that a hell of a lot of the uh what wikipedia has classified as hybrid roguelikes um Mm. really kicking off sort of about 2010 you know you had spelunky you had the binding of isaac and oh yeah that that really took things off Going through that list, you know, I looked through and I'm like, well, what have I played here? Because these aren't games I've looked, you know, Hands of Fate is there. You know, we've, yeah. we've talked about that recently. Um, Hades was one I mentioned last week, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And I, I generally um, avoid this subgenre. Um, Dicey <laughs> Dungeons, I know you've played, Evan. I, I um, I've, again, found your review. Whenever I look up these games, there's a little review by Evan. Um <laughs> Um, I, you know, I played that recently and enjoyed myself, but I, I looked through it and I'm like, well, what's the one game here where I found myself actually, you know, coming back two days later and going, oh, I'm going to jump on and play another hour or two of that. And it was FTL ah, is the yeah. only game on this list that is other than Hades ever had me go, oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to find some time this afternoon and play some FTL. You know, FTL is a, is a game that I would love to see on the Switch. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think we were fortunate and fortunate enough, sorry, to get into the breach, which is from mm. the same developer, right? 
Um, and into the breach, again, if maybe strategy isn't your thing, but you want to try to look at something a little bit more bite-sized, but also... Yeah, it, it, Into the Breach is definitely on my list because I did like the smaller map size. Um, oh, yeah. Really did speak to me. So it's it's sitting on my wish list, and I think about every single environment. But I have, haven't bit the bullet yet because I haven't found myself looking to sit down there. But now that sure. I'm... You know, setting the computer up a bit more and trying to stuff around on here, I might might start dabbling. But yeah, no FTL. Um, I, I I jumped back on Steam after you know rolled the quest last week and a sort of a day or two later, and I had a look. I'd I'd not put a lot. You know, it was twenty twenty something hours into FTL, but in comparison to every single other game on this list, um, you know, is other than Hades at least fifteen hours more than everything else. So I thought, you know. There's a game worth talking about. It, it, you know, like those other Spelunky, Binding of Isaac, when it came out, sort of was shaking up that genre. There wasn't really a lot around at the time. Right. Um, and for me, you know, it was a nice little simple space one. It is, you know, it, it steers more towards that rogue-like, but you can certainly play it under the guise of a, sorry, a rogue-lite, but you can certainly play it under the guise of a rogue-like um, with regards to just restarting and, you know, pick a new ship, keep things simple and just go into it. And that's sort of how I played. Each time I went through, got as far as I could, died, go back, not really doing anything fancy, pick a different ship model, you know, no real upgrades, just sort of go in and, and start with the base ship. Um, I, it's, I just find it relaxing. It's not a stressful game. You know, you've got your little bite-sized chunks of 30 seconds where you're actually in a battle you've got to move your crew around but you know with on the pc you can have your keyboard shortcuts all right default them to these screens or these rooms in the ship whatever it might be um once you start getting drones set up you know with some auto launching that kind of stuff it does start to get a bit more tactical but it's very bite-sized with regards to just you know i just want to play this for for a minute um i i'm finding since you know i did that Monday and I'm kind of just leaving faster than light running on the computer at the moment. <laughs> I'm I'm just, you know, jumping back into it for 5 minutes here or there when I'm when I'm sitting here. So um yeah, I you know, not not too much to share. It's, you know, for those that haven't played it at this point it's, you know, it's almost what well, it is 10 years old now, but effectively you've got a top-down view of a small spaceship, you know, with all your compartments, your your shield management, oxygen management, your engines, and that kind of thing. And you've got uh, you start off with three little crew members who you can move about the the compartments of your spaceship, and you just kind of jump from area to area. And every now and again, you'll engage in maybe a ship that you've got to you know talk to and just do some trading. Other times, you'll engage an enemy ship, and there you've just got to activate your weapons. You click on the grid of the enemy ship where you want to attack. And your weapons just kind of, you know, fire as they're ready. As your ship's being attacked, um, you've got to send crew members to the areas damaged being, um, you know, to repair them. As the game goes on, though, things get more and more technical. You know, you might have enemy um, onboarding, you know, cloaked enemies coming onto your ship. You might have, um, you know, ion storms out in space that will impact components of your ship. So you've got to sort of combat, oh, hang on, my, my shields are going down because of this ion storm. But hey, so are the enemies, you know. Um, but yeah, I just think, yeah, so what's, have you dabbled much in, in FTL, Evan? Uh, again, I have not, you know, m uh, my PC gaming is, I, I don't play a lot of games on the yep. PC, um, but, you know, 
subset games, the developers of this and Into the Breach, I think one of the things that they know best is how to, first off, make the time that you spend in between turns feel valuable. You know, when you are making these decisions, you don't have to commit to anything uh, in between turns. You get that time to really think out what your next move is going to be or what what your best move is going to be. Um, And they're also really good at adding layers of complexity as your run goes on. That's something I really like about Into the Breach. Yeah, and it's very... it's. It's induced. I, I don't know about um, into. In, uh, sorry, in FTL, it's it's induced by your own actions. Yeah. You know, you you can keep things as simple as you want based on what upgrades you're producing for your ship, or or how you find beneficial in regards to playing. You know, it's, it's yeah. if you take something like a Hades where you're upgrading your weapons, you're selecting that. That's effectively what you're doing on a ship scale. Like I'm going to do a run where I'm very bot focused and I'm very focused on having drones take care of my defenses while I focus on manual attacks, you know, that kind of stuff. So you can certainly set it up to play how you want, which is nice. Yeah. And again, Into the Breach uh, from them is a little bit more class oriented. The the kinds of robots that you're using have very, very specific sorts of abilities. You can, I mean, in that game, right, you can choose to maximize their abilities uh, their particular quirks, or you can try to turn them into a dual purpose sort of, uh, you know, individual, or you can try to just do some other wacky sorts of uh, of things too. There, there tend to be a lot of options for how you can make a run successful, which I think, again, is, is pretty cool. You know, I, I, again, would really love to play this game. Um, I, I have been thinking about a <laughs> a sort of game board game idea that is similar uh, in nature to fdl for a while um and so similar that i i kind of said well i think i need to change the setting of this somewhat because it is very spaceship themed but uh i i guess imitation is uh the most sincere form of uh, flattery right this this does sound like a, a fascinating game and uh i could totally see myself you know, sinking several runs into into a title like this. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I I think for me, it, it's probably looking back at it. A lot of the other rogue likes or rogue lights tend to be more action based in in how they handle the situation. You know, or there's a very heavy focus on a lot of platforming, um, that kind of side scrolling stuff, and it's that's not a genre for me. So I think this the mechanic itself can be of interest. But there's not a lot of games where the gameplay aligns with what I'm looking for. Yeah, I get that completely. And again, you know, going back to the the idea of really being able to weigh your options in between turns for us cerebral players, right? Exactly <laughs> uh, right. Who who might not have the the twitchy action uh, fingers or or what have you? That can be really nice, but. I'll be honest, I've played a whole lot of different kinds of rogue-likes lights, and I found this, and I guess you could call it maybe, a, I'm not sure if you can say that this is a genre. Um, I, I think it's really more of like a mechanic. Yeah, uh, that's, that's an interesting thought. And yeah, and talking through it, I think I'm kind of landing there. It is, yeah, it's it's like a a mechanic you're just strapping onto any form of you know you could have a turn-based jrpg that is a roguelike 
Yeah, exactly. Um, you can have deck builders that are roguelikes. You can have, again, even a, a Zelda-like game that has some roguelike uh, you know, sensibilities. Spark Light, I think, is a game that came out on the Switch. And also, of course, I've, I've mentioned it several times, but uh, Moonlighter is also a very Zelda roguelite well, and, and Rogue Heroes, too, which is, is really very much a blend between Zelda and uh, roguelike tendencies. Well, more roguelite. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I found this to be an enjoyable uh, sort of gameplay style if you want something to spend a whole lot of time with. But there does come a point with any of these games yeah. where you've kind of seen it all. Right. And yeah, that, that... and 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 that's why I I don't mind them. You know, that's why they're just a couple of other. And I guess another one I will flag out is that I realize is probably a roguelike because it's more just a card deck builder game. Are the the Reigns series of games? I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah. There's Reigns, Game of Thrones, just Reigns yep. standard. Yeah, I the first one came out. I played that. You know, half a dozen hours enjoyed myself but it is like you said i'm not going back to it i, I got my feel of <laughs> what all the variations are what what are the the things i don't get i'm i'm not you know sitting there driven to 100 the run or you know get to that end point i kind of just like to see what are they introducing um or what's what's their mechanic and yeah but yeah so, sometimes that's the joy of these sorts of games too is, exactly is right to what are, what's all. their take yeah uh, and again, just to go back to not necessarily uh, reigns, but on, on that theme of of reigning and monarchy. Uh, again, kingdom uh, is a roguelike uh, experience itself, too. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> Evan, I must now ask, where have you landed? On branching storylines. So, you know, again, I I love. I love coming on this podcast with you specifically, Nick, because you put a lot of thought into what the quest is asking of you, right? And we we talk often a lot about semantics when we introduce these. And so when I was given the quest of an RPG with branching storylines, it made me pause for a second because I've played some Japanese RPGs in my day that are, are very linear in nature. Um, I wouldn't say that really very many Japanese RPGs have branching narratives. Mm. Uh, so I did have to, you know, kind of turn my attentions towards the Western sphere a little bit more. Uh, and I thought of something that I felt had choice-based gameplay, something like uh, Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution, right? Which had some choices that you could make and certain dialogue mm-hmm. options, uh, and, and you could fail things or be successful in some ways. But ultimately, you get to the end of that game and you're kind of presented with a couple of different choices and it doesn't really affect your ending all that much. Yeah, there's no, yeah there's a lot of the time there's not a major difference with regards to where you end up. And so I thought about the idea of branching narratives. I mean, what is that? Uh, or, or branching storylines is, is what... Uh, the the quest is is listed as, and it brought me back to an old classic that I played. Uh, well, I I actually watched my brother play through it when I was younger, and then I came and and ended up buying up uh, a copy on uh, GOG uh, dot com, uh, good old games, because I I was so fascinated by this game, and that game is Knox. 
So, Nick, are you familiar with Knox at all? Other than the alien species in Stargate SG-1 and the suburb in Melbourne or the shopping centre? No, I am not. So (laughs) please regale me. Great. So Knox is a kind of wild sort of game. Um, and I, I think playing Knox or watching Knox uh, be played when I was younger gave me kind of a, a a bad idea of what PC or computer RPGs could be. Um, because when you look at Knox, uh, you you get your isometric sort of visuals and, and whatnot, um, you know, very much in the vein of what fallout looked like uh, back when it was a computer rpg back uh when you're i mean you're talking about your uh what what uh baldur's gate and yep. planescape torment right these games have that isometric sort of uh art style um top downish a little bit and and that's what you get with nox but nox is not real time with pause or, or anything like that. It's actually very much a a little bit more like Diablo uh, in that yep. it has a lot of action elements. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm watching some some footage now. This is certainly doing things to me, Evan. I, uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, this is right up my alley. I'm telling you. Uh, I mean, and I'm kind of glad that I'm bringing it up to you because I love this game. Uh, uh, the, is... the, the lighting effects alone are absolutely outstanding just for how old this game is <laughs> and what I'm seeing here. I know. Yeah, carry on. Sorry, you got me Um, excited. (laughs) (laughs) So I will. What I will say is, the production of this game uh, started very much with the intent of making a a a game that in which it was cool to be a wizard. Um, And the the really neat thing about this game is, yes, there is the the wizard sort of uh, play style that you can use in this game is a lot of fun. But uh, as they were developing the game, they kind of came up with these other sorts of uh, play styles. And there's a warrior class and there's also a summoner class, too. Uh, and so those are the three sorts of paths that you can take. And when I think about branching, uh, you know, na- uh, narratives or storylines, the thing that I love about Knox is you pick which sort of discipline you want to engage in at the very start of your campaign. And these three campaigns are vastly mm. different, but they kind of all end up with you having to face down a, a, a big bad, Right. Uh, at the end of, of each of their campaigns. And so no matter which uh, which storyline you choose, you actually do see like the same characters at different points in, in these storylines. But because you've chosen a different sort of combat discipline, uh, they treat you differently. They, they might have different things to say to you. They, they care about different things because you didn't approach them as a certain kind of, uh, of character archetype. And it's yeah. just, it's a really fun game that you get to play through three times. And each of those three playthroughs is vastly different. It's so fun. And I, I don't know what the state of the online, um, uh, gameplay is nowadays, but it, yeah, the the combat was so solid that there was a great PvP uh, sort of. Uh... Yeah, well, sorry, I got a bit distracted here. So this video I had up and running, um, I'm gonna have to send it to you. So 
it's 20 minutes long, you know, all gameplay, and about 14 minutes into it, the guy that's created the video has started to overlay text that's from one of the developers talking about his time on Nox. Um, and it's it's quite an emotional ride talking about, you know, it was the most positive time in his life and <laughs> and the downward turn of the game and competing with user mods. And it's, this is, a sorry, a bizarre insight into someone's head. I'll, um, I'll send you this video. You might want to have a read. It's some. Yeah, well, you know, and again, I know that uh, the developers were were looking to create a, a uh, an expansion pack or even a sequel, but uh, it never happened. I I love this game. I, I find it's such a unique and weird sort of uh, uh, experience, and you you can take it in whatever way you want, or you can, if you really want to get uh, you know a bang for your buck, you can play this this entire game and, and have three very different experiences. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the, the way that these characters interact with you in different ways to me was always a really ambitious concept. Mm. It's, it's, it's a little bit like Starcraft in that, you know, uh, based on certain, you know, factions that you're, you're leading, you encounter certain characters and they have different interactions with you. But this is a much more grounded game and and a whole lot of fun at that. Um, I love Nox. I would strongly recommend it to anyone, especially if you want to see characters relate and react to you in different ways based on what play style you've chosen to play as. Yeah, no, it looks fascinating. I'm 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 gonna load up Gog and have a look because I think this is something I would certainly really love to have a. I muck around with especially you know that diablo 2 came out earlier sorry i'm distracted by watching it diablo 2 came out earlier this year and you know i i just it really i i love the isometric rpgs of that time period they right they were a time you know i was just sort of you know really just mucking around on the computer and just you know 12 13 at the time just fucking around you don't really know what you're doing you're just clicking things and it's <laughs> it's um no, this is this is yeah. I definitely going to have a, a nose into this. When when Nox is is firing on all cylinders, when you get to summon a giant fist from heaven and pound people mm. into like literal bones, like their bones just scatter all over the place, uh, it is a thing of beauty. Uh, no, that's excellent. <laughs> no, thank you very much for sharing, Evan. Yeah, and if if you do end up playing, please tell me what you think. No, I will um, do. So let's let's close this out, right? Let's get to uh, the goods. Let's take a look at our quest board, uh, and let's remind ourselves, but also the audience, uh, where we are at right now. So I'm at quest number thirty-nine, which means I could, in fact, uh, tackle a enemy encounter. Uh, but since I've already completed one uh, in this run of the quest board, I don't have to. Uh, and depending on how I feel about this, I was going to say one. you can. Uh, yeah, the next <laughs> one is. Uh, let's just in case you don't go there. Let's tell us uh, play an RPG maker or fan made game. Well, I, you know, if you I roll play a if I roll a game. natural one. Sorry, <laughs> if I roll a natural one, I'm going to have to pick this one anyway. So there you go. Uh, let's let's not get our. I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Um, and Nick, what are what quest are you at right now? I'm at number 35, a roguelike roadlight. So I've got, what have I got in front of me? 
You got some some yeah. fun stuff. I've, yeah, I've watched me get thirty nine. I'll get another storyline one. Um, <laughs> I hope not for for your sake. Well, I guess it's 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 the mechanic of the storylines as opposed to a a wonderful storyline. So that's right. good. Yeah, I'm sure we. Uh, I've I've muted myself uh, diligently during that process and realized I didn't have my dice on me, so I found them, and I'm good to go. Very nice. Me too. So uh, why don't you roll first, Nick? All right. Apologies, I have a new mouse mat, so we probably won't pick up the dice roll. Oh, darn. I've rolled a two. Oh, which An means... RPG that is all gimmick, no polish. Ooh, so that's a little bit of a damning statement there. Mm. Uh, well, it's, it's, I... an, it's, it's yeah, you, you get... I, I, it's probably more the, the indie scene as well. You definitely do get a lot of... Like we talked about before, you know, Edge of Eternity games that... Well, they didn't have the gimmick but you know um <laughs> when when they just come up with something so fascinating uh, something that the team is so proud of but they don't often have the the know-how to wrap it up in, in a in a way that you really want to so i think there'll be yeah. there'll be quite a number of things there i can have a have a think about which will be good yeah and trust me i've played several indie <laughs> games in my time so i can definitely shoot one your way but sometimes this isn't always uh this isn't always exclusive to indies either which is no this thing you get your bigger developers if they're trying something different um but yeah, yeah. so no all right how, let's see how you go evan i will roll all right and i got a six i feel oh, like i'm on a rampage you're getting right a lot now. of sixes here this is ridiculous uh, there, this this might be a, a weighted uh, weighted die for sure, <laughs> uh, but that would if I don't stop at this enemy encounter, put me up to uh, two, four, six, an RPG that deserves a sequel. Now you seem like a man that will have many games that you can debate passionately for here. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, honestly. I've never had this one before. Well, this this is all I should say that this is a lot of this stuff that we're in right now is yeah, new we're in territory. The uncharted territory, which is yes, because this is an updated quest board. So this is a quest that already I kind of know what I'm gonna <laughs> what I'm gonna give an answer for. As long as uh, you, you can't talk about Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, uh, well, don't <laughs> worry. I think I can. I think I can pull this off. Actually, good. Um, but this this means that uh, next week, uh, depending on whether we're not, uh, well, even if we do have a, a, a new uh, host with us, they're, they're going to be getting a look at one of my favorite RPGs of all time. So Excellent. hopefully that's something uh, worth looking forward towards. Yeah, I'm going to take 45. Now, Nick... Oh, you, you still have not passed uh, an enemy encounter yet, right? Uh, well, no, because I did the enemy encounter when uh, I merged our quests, and I think we all agreed on on, on air. It does count. Um, <laughs> y- you know what? It's it's not an awful combination. Uh, all gimmick, no polish. That deserves uh, a sequel, uh, huh? Yeah, it's it's not an awful combination. Um. <laughs> Because, you it, know, I'll, I'll be fair, pretty much any game I'm probably going to pick in my category, I will probably, you know, push for. It does deserve another chance. Uh, but no, I, th- I, think I'll, I think I'll relax after yeah. I worked out last time when I used it that it also meant I had to suffer the consequences. I uh, completely misread that when I chose my job. So good work, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, uh, I mean, 
what I will say is if you if you were willing to go that route, I would I would I would not label the episode the worst quest ever. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I could probably think of something, and that would give me the chance to reveal what I would pick uh, if you if you didn't combine it. But if you want to stick to your guns and maybe, right, let's uh, let's stay where we are. I I'd, I'd actually really like to hear your thoughts on on your quest as it stands. You know, I'd okay. like to hear what's sort of at the top of your pile. All right, well that sounds good to me. So uh, with that being said, Nick, uh, I think this uh, honestly. In, in my uh, opinion, I think this was a great episode, if I do say so myself. Uh, and I, I will we'll close things out uh, by saying, as usual, you can hit us up at RPG PodQuest um, on Twitter. Uh, and if you ever want to send us an email, for whatever reason, uh, if you have questions about a game that we've been talking about, uh, or if you want us to get in contact with any of our older hosts to uh, maybe follow up on a certain topic, you can shoot us an email at rpgpodquest at gmail.com. Uh, we are all over the place. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google. Whatever you listen to podcasts on, you can find us there. Nick, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at rpgnick with two eyes in Nick. And you know what, Evan? I'm starting to learn the Twitters. I'm starting uh, to understand the Twitters. I, I went in a bit too hard, though, because I'm following too many people, and I don't check Twitter more than once every two days, and then I've just got 3,000 thoughts about God knows what to read. Um, sure. So I might cull my Twitter list and start yeah, to curate it a, a little idea. bit better. But no, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy it and, um, you know, starting to interact with, you know, some of the other sort of, you know, the fans of RPGs on there, which has been quite nice, and, and learning a bit, which has been good. No, so it's my... First sober dalliance with Twitter, and it's going well. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're you're finding it to be uh, rewarding for, well, I guess for the purposes of RPGs. But uh, if you're starting starting to get a hang of it, uh, yeah. And, no, that, and what about yourself? Well, you can find me at uh, RPG SEB uh, because I decided to name myself that, uh, and I think if if I only logged onto Twitter uh, once or, or twice uh, a day, uh, I would probably be a happier person. But I'm on Twitter more often than I'd like to admit. Uh, <laughs> I had a whole lot of thoughts about the Nintendo Direct that I was pretty much live tweeting. <laughs> uh, so that was a lot of fun. But uh, another thing that's been fun too is now that for some reason, now that I've tweeted about Xenoblade Chronicles... Now I'm just hearing all the discourse that exists about this game. And uh, I will say, I love the works of Monolith Soft, even if I don't love all of their games. But I do not love the Xenoblade fan base. Mm. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, or I, I don't love how splintered it is. Yeah. I'll so be, I'll you've, be a little up, you've bit upset kinder. a fan base. Is that the secret for more followers? Uh know if if that's the case but if there's a specific series that you do love a whole lot you just need to f fully accept that whatever discourse you see about it nobody will agree with one another on what is being said and in fact people will sometimes unite around hating another group <laughs> within that fan yeah. base which <laughs> is a, a sad thing that we we tend to love hating on things but uh Again, this was a, a nice uh, episode, and 
I don't want to go on any longer for, for I, I think something we can all agree on. Kirby is the most powerful being in the universe. And I think that's <laughs> that's that's a great place to leave it. <laughs> okay. Uh, although Because we didn't talk about Kirby, so I just had to say something. Despite being the most powerful being in the universe, cannot swallow a full car for some reason. No, I mean who would want to? This is a good point. Yeah. yeah. All right then. something worth thinking about for next week's quest all right everybody take care we are going to head off on our quests see you around